Hello, everybody, and welcome to Nerd to the Third Power, your one-stop shop for all things nerdy and awesome. I'm your host, Master of Ceremonies, Dr. Gonzo. With us, as always, in this epic quest of awesomeness is our resident anime goddess, the cat. Cat, how you doing? I'm surviving! Hey, you know, no new injuries or maladies afflicting you? Uh, nothing new, no. I'm going back to the doctor this week to find out how broken my foot still is, so that should be fun. <laughs> I also think that's going to be the like the theme of 2017. I'm surviving. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh or else I'll cry. Uh, yes, and that uh, that is the voice of Brian, our comic book correspondent, uh, here with us uh, the, tonight. Uh, Skyblaze will not be joining us this evening as she has been struck with Nurgle's rot. Um, so, you know, it seems that whatever whatever good karma has hit you this week, Cat, uh, has uh, struck Skyblaze with bad karma as, uh, as a way of balance. So, uh, I don't know if that if that means you owe her an apology or what. I don't know. I don't understand how karma works. It takes a theologian to explain that. Okay. I'm shocked I'm actually not sick because I spent Saturday night and Sunday night with a mass of humanity both at uh, NXT TakeOver show and the Royal Rumble with 50-some-odd thousand people. How was that? I had a blast. I was so excited. The Royal Rumble is like my favorite pay-per-view of ever of all time. Uh, I went with a buddy of mine. We were in like the club seating area. We just had a grand old time. Uh, the NXT show was a little bit... Um, it was a little... enjoyed it. Unfortunately, though, the uh, person beside me couldn't... I don't want to be mean, but he couldn't fit into his seat. Oh, dear. And then had the gall to ask me to move over. And I couldn't. Oh, my God. He's like, hey, can you scoot over? I was like, no, because I'm already in the other guy's seat. <laughs> like, we all, like, I cannot shift over. I cannot make myself, I am not a transformer. <laughs> I cannot make myself into a small cassette. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I, I, although, if you could, I don't think that'd be a very useful disguise nowadays. I think uh, people. I don't know, man. People. I mean, I might point you out, but people are like, I don't know. It's like that's weird. So cassette. Don't see those in it very often. And they walk away, and yeah. I'll be just there, like, yes. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, we got a fun show for you today. Today we are discussing. Uh, what are we discussing? Ah, yes, Harry Potter. The uh, recent spate of uh, new Harry Potter content that has been unleashed upon the world. Uh, J.K. Rowling evidently needs to buy a third home in the Hamptons. We're going to be discussing uh, the recent film, Fantastic Beasts, and we're going to find them, as well as uh, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, and just the general explosion of Harry Potter uh, stuff that has occurred uh, in the last couple of years. So, that's going to be fun. Uh, but first, we are going to begin the show, as always, with Ask the Geek. And Brian, it is fortuitous uh, that you, as our comic book guy, mentioned that you had been to the Royal Rumble, because we have a question here that is about both comic books and wrestling. Oh, dear God, this is this is not a good combination. <laughs> All right. Shelley asks you, have you ever read any wrestling comics? And if so, do you have any favorites? So I have read some wrestling comics. Um, wrestling comics have actually existed since, I want to say about the 80s or so. Like early 80s ones were just like one shot little funny stories, uh, mostly for the kids because they're still trying to push the kids angle. Then in the 90s during the whole, um, you know, Attitude Era, and also in the comic book world, they call it the Dark Era and stuff like that. Uh, there was several comics that came out, like, faced around different characters, like The Undertaker, I think, like, Steve Austin, Kevin Nash. Um, they were awful. 
every, every single one of them. Like you, you just shocked that someone's sat down going, they made this. Um, and then they went away for a while and then they came back recently. Uh, WWE produced a comic that Mick Foley actually wrote and, uh, forget the company they made it for. What, uh, it was sort of a very small independent company. And they were all they weren't they weren't terrible, but made no sense whatsoever. Uh, I did read one where like they they tried to have like a multiverse crossover where like the old wrestlers would come and fight the new wrestlers, but like it's sort of head inducing confusing. Um. So then now, well, so we're not done yet because now Boom Studios has picked up the license, and Boom Studios is now making um, WWE comics. Uh, for the most part, I think all they've done, they've only done a couple of issues so far. And people are like, hey, this looks really great. Which to me tells me that, you know, they're not completely terrible. Okay. What was your question? Well, uh, when you when you mentioned having the older wrestlers come and fight the newer wrestlers, I was like, I just had this image in my head of like old uh, late '80s, early '90s flamboyant Happy Sting fighting late uh, '90s to present uh, gothic Moody Sting. No, it was more, it was all it was all more long long lines of like um, you know like Hollywood Hogan coming back or something like that. I think they actually made like a, a a joke on composite Superman Batman, which is a really obscure character in itself, where it's Superman and Batman combined into one character. I think they did like Hollywood Hogan Hulk Hogan uh, combined into one character. And I think I just stared at the at, I haven't read it, I didn't buy it. It was in one of my used bookstores I go to, and I just looked at that page, and went slowly closed it, put it back on the shelf, went. No, I'm good. No, no more for me. <laughs> yeah, I, was like, I, I got, I got what I need to get. All right, and and so with that question, I have exhausted the entirety of my wrestling knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> and the only reason I know Sting is from uh, the w, one of the the many many WCW games for the N64. And I was just like, oh, all right, I don't know who any of these people are. Uh, this guy looks cool, so I'll pick him. <laughs> And then proceed. Well, some of those, some of those old ones from the N sixty four, they actually had uh, like real Japanese wrestlers, but they couldn't use the name, so they'll call like like Ryu or like the Great Ninja or something like that. Those are always fun to find. I'm, I I'm, actually still have one of those. I'm I'm told that a lot of them have held up even today. Oh yeah, but that's a that's a topic for another day. Okay, all right. Uh, she also, she also has a question for Cat, and uh, her question for Cat is, uh, what are your thoughts on the rumors of the Sailor Moon Crystal sequel? I don't understand what do they mean a, a Sailor Moon Crystal sequel, like another season? Because they just keep making seasons of it. Um, Are they going to Dragon Ball Super it, where it's just like, ah, we'll continue the story and start retconning stuff out? Well, the thing with the Crystal is that it has much more closely followed the manga. So presumably Crystal will just follow the manga until the end of the manga. So I don't know what what I don't I haven't really heard any any sequel rumors per se so much as just that there was going to be another season, but I just thought that meant oh the next season and then eventually they would get to stars and then they would stop it. If there's some sort of post stars sequel that they're working on, please inform me because that would be fascinating. Um, but I, I hope they just keep going and, and make it to the end. That'd be cool. Okay, all right. What are, what are, what are they? What 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 arc are they at now? Just out of curiosity. 
Oh God, I don't even know. I haven't watched Crystal in a long time. I, I thought, no, I have no idea. I have to Google it. Um, I, I thought they had made at least three seasons worth. It's like Sailor Moon S and then Super S. I don't, I don't even remember the order anymore, guys. Oh my god. Let's say, isn't there like the R somewhere in there too? Or I'm thinking of something else. Well, R was the the whole filler season. Which we don't speak of. It's not that it was bad, it's just that it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the worst thing they've ever made, it's just not good. Right. <laughs> Alright. Oh yeah, it's it's the the, the rumor is is they're they're making a season four. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, hold on, I'm I'm Googling this. The Deathbusters arc, sure, yeah. I, I'd be for that. I, I'm I mean, so I'm glad. Are those like the opposite of the Ghostbusters? <laughs> yes. I, I, I just had this image now in my head of a, of, 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 of a team of, uh, of Judge Death dressed as Ghostbusters. Uh, and now I, I'm, I need to go and just like go into my corner and just like fantasize about this because that's awesome. <laughs> Even though I know that is totally not at all what it is. <laughs> true. It's true. Um, that was actually one of the... I, th- I felt like... Not the greatest villains, but one of my favorite arcs with the way it ended in the manga. So I would be interested in seeing that one animated. Um, obviously, the best villains were in the season prior to that. But um, that's neither here nor there. Okay. And uh, again, a rather fortuitous question given our uh, subject matter for this episode, but uh, Mary writes in to ask, if we could make one Harry Potter spell real and learn it, what would it be? What would be our chosen spell? So, uh, Kat, why don't we start with you on this one? Oh, shit. Um, There's there's, uh, so many different things in Harry Potter that I wish were real, and I haven't really thought about spells before, but I guess... Um, I want the Molly Weasley um, spell book for home guide stuff where, like, the stuff that Molly does to to cook and to clean and, and keep a house. I think those would be very useful in day-to-day. I mean, sure, you could do something like, I want Alohomora so I can break into banks and steal money. Um, but I also don't want to go to wizard jail or regular jail, so I kind of think just... Molly Weasley's whatever helps her cook stuff would be fantastic. Because I'm not a great cook, but if magic could do it, that would be cool. Okay, alright. Brian, what about you? You get one Harry Potter spell. Which one is it? I don't even remember half the spells. I don't remember, like, maybe one spell. Um, It's been so long since I've paid attention to the franchise. Um, Was there a Hadouken? Can I do it a Hadouken? (laughs) Am I thinking of the right franchise? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> it was a very rare spell, though. It was uh, one of the, the, you know, the forbidden books in the forbidden section of the library. Hermione does look it up, and it says, Hadouken. Ah, okay. Huh. Well, there's, there's no chance, but you need to duck, duck and lunge forward, step forward, and then throw a high punch. <laughs> With your wand, though, and then it, it shoots out a, a ball. <laughs> and if you do it right, you get a two-hit combo out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, I mean that's an that's an awful joke. Cue, um, cue, so, the, yeah, cue I, the legions I, of Street Fighter fans writing to tell me how I got that input wrong. It's low punch, not high. Well, it's no because at one point, because depending on the on the punch, the, the speed of the fireball. I I don't know. 
I haven't, pl- I haven't played a Street Fighter game since, like, you know, the one in the bowling alley when I was, like, a 10-year-old kid. All right, so, so. so Kat's the only one that has spell knowledge. I, I'm doing Street Fighter moves and correcting your inputs of it. So we've butchered this question. So Gonzo, finish us off. Uh, I know exactly what spell I would want, and that would be, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing right, uh, Atsio. That's the one where Akio. you can, Akio, where you can, like, summon, you can summon stuff. Because uh, I am continuously, like, losing my car keys and shit, <laughs> so I just want to be able to just, like, raise my hand and go, Atsio keys! And then the keys come flying toward me, and then because my hand-eye coordination is shit, they beam me in the face, and I wind up going unconscious for two hours. Well, the problem there is that you'd probably lose your wand. <laughs> <laughs> And then you'd need a remember all to tell you that you've forgotten something, and then you'd lose that too. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the, the catch twenty two. I can't remember where I left my wand, and I can't remember where I where I left my remember all. Hmm. And I can't use, and I can't because I don't have my wand. I can't accio uh, remember all. So I guess I'm just fucked. <laughs> well, you want to find it like two days or three days later. Yep. <laughs> So, <laughs> all right. So that's all the uh, ask geek questions that we have for this week. As always, you can send them to us through the email at drgonzo at nerdofthethirdpower.com. We love getting your questions. We love reading them on the air. So go ahead and get your questions in, and uh, maybe you'll get them uh, read out on the air. So, uh, yeah, that's fun. Okay. And uh, let's see. Oh, we still got some time. Oh, I guess it's time for Random Topic of the Week. So, uh Last week we talked about uh, holiday cantata nightmares, and we got some uh, pretty good stories in response. Uh, Jonathan sent us a tale of from when he was a kid. Uh, he had to sing the end cantata solo, and uh, in, in the intervening weeks between rehearsal and the final performance was when his voice had started cracking. So he spent the whole the whole solo going, "Oh, holy night!" You know, his voice fluctuating. <laughs> Sorry, He's, we laugh at your pain. He says when I when I went when I went for the audition, I had a I had a, a straight soprano voice like an angel. But then by the time the performance came around, I sounded like I was choking on a chicken wing. So uh, very very yeah very very sorry to hear that, Jonathan. Sorry that your uh, your, your singing career was destroyed. Uh, by puberty, <laughs> by puberty, yes, that most ha- that most hateful of all natural occurrences. <laughs> all right. Uh, Emily writes a story of, uh, not something that, that, that went wrong on stage, but in the audience. One of my classmates, uh, brought her uncle to the show, and he decided that it was a good idea to get completely hammered before the show and started a fight with the principal during the intermission. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, probably not a, probably not a good idea to bring Uncle Eddie, uh, to your, your Christmas play. Well, he least waited till intermission. I mean, it could have been during a performance, which would have been even worse. Oh yeah. Uh, but my favorite is uh, is Daniels, who says they, they he says at my Christmas play they got the bright idea of using a real baby as the baby Jesus, and the damn thing would not stop crying throughout the entire performance. No. Oh I'm God. pretty sure that's child abuse. <laughs> There's all kinds of laws against that sort of thing. Well, how Holy. old was this Christmas play? <laughs> this is this I, is before this is before we realized we could put, make laws like that. I, I, child, child labor laws. G- given that he listens to our show, I don't think Daniel is that old. 
you know, oh, I, when I was in school back in 1892, yeah, no, I don't think I don't think that's the case here. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's child abuse, and uh, I hope your principal got a a nice little visit from uh, the uh, the child protective services the next day. At least I think that's how that works. I have no idea because uh, I don't have kids because it's yeah, just just the law in general. I hope you got a visit from the law. <laughs> yeah, I would know. I don't have kids because uh, that would be a sign of the end times. Would be for me for me to actually uh, procreate and breed. <laughs> So, yeah. All right. So, uh, okay, let's see. Hmm, a random topic for this week. Uh, I don't really have one, so uh, let's let's, uh, let's open up the floor. Brian, do you have a, a random topic that you think would be interesting to talk about here on the show? Not necessarily a random topic, but topic. I will tell you, um, a, not really a story from the weekend, but uh, I don't know how many people go out to sporting events, but I will tell you, like, it's one of the greatest feelings in the world when you get there, and when you're having a great time during the show, it's fantastic. But I always forget the after show where me and 50,000 other people have to leave at the exact same time. <laughs> the, the, just, the walking out of the crowd and going through it, me and my buddy walk, trying to get back to our cars. And it was just ugh, awful. And then I'm getting on the road. And as I'm on the road, because everything's closed down, because obviously they can't just send everyone else at the same time, because that would be even worse. Is you're sending down, you're sent down like detours and side streets and going through all different ways. I only live like 20 minutes away from the Alamo Dome. It took me like an hour and a half to get home because of this. And to make matters worse, so after being sent on all these detours, when I finally get to the highway that's going to lead me home, I slowly see in the distance coming towards me the Alamo Dome again. So I've just gone in one giant circle. Oh, 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 God. So it was literally me just driving, going like, oh, finally, the traffic's gone, I can get home, and I was just fucking here! <laughs> you done fucked up, son. You done fucked up. When uh, when my family went to Disney World, uh, I think I mentioned uh, on, on our, our first show of the year that we did uh, New Year's Eve at Cinderella's Castle, and uh, it was, it, like... I, I say it's standing room only. That doesn't do it justice. Like it, there were there were so many people packed in that like even a t- even sardines would look at us and go, "Damn, dude, you guys need to spread out." Uh, and after the uh, the the fireworks show was over, it was you literally could not move against the crowd. It was just this 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 mass of flesh just moving in all directions. It's like you were you were caught in a river. And uh, we all got separated, so it's like, okay, uh, those of us who make it to the gate and survive meet at the uh, meet at the monorail. And the whole time, I'm being pushed around towards Space Mountain because that was the the the, the part of the crowd that I had been caught in, the part that was headed out that way. I was like, man, you know, it'd be a a really douche move right now if I just yelled fire and just caused like a stampede. Uh, but fortunately, uh, the, the the cooler part of my mind prevailed. So uh, all right, so I guess that's uh, that that's that's the, the random topic of the week this week, and that's is uh, crowd management. What are some uh, what are some things that you could come up with that uh, you know might be might make uh, the post uh, concert crowds uh, a little easier to manage, or things that you would like to be able to do to avoid crowds? Uh, I can tell you, I'd... everyone. <laughs> uh, aside from that, because uh, you know we we really don't want to you know send anybody to prison or have to be called for any uh, character witness, character mm-hmm. witnessing. So, uh, Kat, what about you? Now, you actually used to work at a venue. Uh, so, what, what, what are some things that you, uh, you did there to manage crowds? Uh, at, at, where, where was it exactly that you worked? Because I know you worked at an arena at one point. Um, no, I didn't work at a venue. I worked, at, I worked for a staffing company that staffed out to concerts. And 
and sports games and stuff. So I worked anything from like a Madonna concert, a Green Day concert, Metallica, Cher. But then we would also work like DC United, the 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 sports team. Um, and I didn't usually do have anything to do with crowd management. They leave that to tall people. And I'm not short by any means, but um, I was also one of the youngest people who was doing this because I was like 20 at the time. And I was basically doing it to watch a bunch of free concerts. And I mostly just checked passes and credentials. That's like 90% of what I did was just standing in one spot checking like press credentials or, or whatever. Um, most of the crowd control. The worst crowd management I had to do was at Metallica concert. And it was basically to tell a woman to keep her shirt on. Um, worst concert ever though was Hillary Duff when she was a thing because, you wow, know, that's you have... dating ourselves. Oh, don't even start with me anyway. So, um, there was like, it was a seated concert because it was a lot of young kids and the parents kept telling their kids to basically like rush to the front, even though these were very specifically seat. It was a seated concert. You had a place you had to be. And, um, and literally parents kept th- like ushering their children to, f- to the front and we had to keep telling them, you have to go back to your seat. It's a fire hazard. And it was a fucking nightmare because parents are assholes. <laughs> oh my God. It was the worst thing ever. Uh, don't, don't, don't you wish sometimes when you're in that kind of a crowd that they do like, like they did when you would go to you know, a concert, like on a field trip and they would dismiss you by schools. Like, okay, now that that school's all out of the way. Okay. Now, you know, Eastern prep, you can go, and then you guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was much more manageable. And I'll tell you what, uh, navigating a, a post-concert crowd in Washington, D.C. is just the worst fucking possible thing I could ever imagine ever imagine uh, being a part of, uh, especially when it comes to getting through the, the, the turnstiles to get onto the metro. Like, holy fucking Christ, you want to talk about a bottleneck. And, of course, they only have two of the damn things functional at any given point in time, despite the fact that there's, like, 30 of them. They've only got two open. So, you know... But hey, you know, this is the world we live in. So uh, yeah, crowd, crowd control nightmares that you've experienced. That is our random topic uh, of the week this week. So go ahead and, uh, and send in your input on that. And uh, we'll see if we got any uh, interesting uh, stories or interesting, uh, interesting countermeasures that uh, some of you might be able to come up with. So that'll be fun. All right, and uh, we're going to jump into our discussion topic a little early tonight. Uh, because I'm sure that we're going to have a lot to discuss with this. We talked back in our Deathly Hallows Part 2 review, uh, ages and ages ago, when dinosaurs walked the earth and, you know, uh, all that. It wasn't that long. (laughs) We're not that old. (laughs) But, uh, you know, we mentioned that it it sort of felt like the end of an era. Uh, Harry Potter had been such a cultural force uh, so continuously and for so long that it felt... You know, almost like coming out of the end of a, uh, of a, you know, uh, you know, sort of a, some kind of a conflict that had been raging throughout your entire life. It's like, okay, well, that's over. What happens now? But uh, in the last couple of years, uh, we've seen kind of a resurgence in uh, Harry Potter content uh, coming out into the world. Uh, you know, we've got Pottermore. We've got the Wizarding World of Harry Potter at Universal. Uh, we've got Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, which uh, is it? Is it a play or is it a novel? I've 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 heard both. Like, what is it? What is that precisely? 
uh, Cursed Child is a play first and foremost, and then they, um, you know, like bound it in a book form to sell. So what you're actually reading is not a novel; it's a script. Okay. All right. Okay, that's interesting. And then uh, we had uh, over over the holiday, we had Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them coming out in theaters, uh, which we're apparently going to get. Like, what was the what was the most recent count? Four, five hundred sequels. I, I I thought it was like five more or something ridiculous, and now I'm trying to Google it because that's a like a lot. That's a that's a whole lot more. Like I I thought when I heard the movie announced. I was like, oh, okay, so we're going to get one more spin-off uh, Harry Potter film. And then someone told me, well, there's going to be more films behind that because they're going to split it up. I'm like, okay, we've done this before. Um, Hobbit, anybody? And like, you know, it's only going to be like maybe two movies. It's like, okay, well, no, it's going to be three movies. Okay, like five movies. All right, we keep adding movies. What are we doing? No one knows. <laughs> like every mm-hmm. time you talk to me about this, this, this book that's now a franchise... How did that happen? It, it says there's going to be five films. So four after Fantastic Beasts. So at that, what, what do you call that? Is, like, is that like a saga at that point? Because you can call the first Harry Potter films a saga because it was eight films from seven books. Like, So do we have another saga? Now is it just going to be this? Because I haven't seen the film, unfortunately. I was busy during that holiday break. So I don't know if it was good or bad or whatever. Are we just going to follow the same characters, or are these like different spinoff films, like Star Wars? I will say that if if this is, if this is a case of they're 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 going to build a a second sort of saga out of uh, damn it, Brian, now you got me saying it out of uh, the <laughs> Harry out of the job is done out of the Harry Potter universe. I would say Harry Potter is definitely one of the one of those uni- one of those universes that uh, can manage it. Uh, because, you know, as, as involved as the, the original novels were, we still really only got to see, like, a very small part of what was very clearly a much larger world. Uh, so there is definitely room for expansion in there. Um, so I, I would definitely say that if there's any, any, fran- any universe that could handle being expanded in such a franchise, Harry Potter is certainly one of them. Well, yeah, because the original Harry Potter's, where you saw it from Harry Potter's point of view, being introduced. So, yeah, you only got the saw, saw, see, seesaw, <laughs> a small percentage of it. I can talk, I swear. Use your big boy words. <laughs> so, seesaw, I mean, I have, chainsaws. I, I mean, I have no, I have no issues with them saying, okay, let's, um, you know, we can expand on this a little bit more, obviously. Now, having, like, a theme park area, again, I, I was expecting that uh, pretty pretty early as the books got popular and then the films got popular after it. Um, but, like, I just, I'm just concerned now because for a while, like, when Harry Potter ended, like you said, it felt like an end of an era. I was like, okay, it is done. The screen says the end. And now I was like, well, here's some more stuff. And then I just, the skeptic in me kind of comes out going... Are we expanding too soon? Are we expanding too late? Uh, how are things going to go with that? Man, this, this, the skeptic in you is a is a, a very active part of you because now this is the second show that that portion of you has uh, suggested. <laughs> are we drowning in Harry Potter or drowning in Star Wars? Your 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 cynic part of you just has a drowning fetish, doesn't he? <laughs> As I get older, and I've I've been around a lot more, 
I just get concerned. <laughs> All right. But, well, I, I guess we, we should go back to our uh, to, to the thesis that we had in our Star Wars episode, which is uh, we should examine the quality, not necessarily the quantity. So uh, let's start and talk a bit about uh, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, the uh, much-anticipated continuation of uh, the Harry Potter saga uh, featuring the, the, the Holy Trinity as full adults with lives and families of their own. So uh, have you guys, I haven't had a chance to read it yet or see the play. Uh, Kat, what about you? Have you had a chance to follow it? I read it um, because that's what I do. I obviously haven't seen the play because it had such a limited run. Um, and good and... fucking luck getting uh, Broadway tickets on our budget. Uh... Did it even it come to Broadway? I don't. Yeah, I think it was only on the London stage. Yeah. <clears throat> even worse. <laughs> I, I'm assuming Brian didn't have a chance to read it. Yeah, that is correct. <laughs> okay, so this is the fucking weirdest thing I've ever read. Um, I did, first off, uh, really enjoy reading it as a script. It was very different to read it as a script rather than a book. It really left a lot of the visuals to the imagination, especially because I've I've read a lot of Tolkien where I'm kind of used to having every single detail described to me, and that's very tedious. And so it was nice to have... And the third button down on his collar was inlaid in ivory and jade. Yeah, yeah, get on with it. <laughs> and the blades of grass were bent just so. Yes, yes, we understand Tolkien. It's very important that that blade of grass be bent just so. Anyway, so it was it was kind of interesting. I felt a little lost at times because I didn't have quite enough of a grip of what the magic should look like or what certain scenes should look like. But because we've had all these other movies, there's a lot of, of settings and characters who we already know what they look like. But because I know this is based... Um, that this was a play and that they cast people for it. I did go online and Google all of the actors that they picked so that I could get a better image in my mind of who this was being not written for, but you know, who was playing this person. So it was kind of different to have, you know, different faces on it. There was obviously a people freaked out about Hermione, grown up Hermione being played by a black woman, which I didn't really care at all. Um, but it was it was interesting to have the different visuals because I would try and picture, you know, the a grown up version of the the actors that we knew from the films, and then try and mesh that together with the actors that they chose for the play, and try and make that work in my head. And it doesn't always at times, but um, yeah, that part was weird, very different to read it as a script. But I liked reading it as a script. Um, so, this... so, sorry, go ahead. I was going to start talking about the story. Oh, which is which is exactly what I was about to start asking you about. Great minds think alike. <laughs> you can segue into it if you want. I think we just did. Um, so the story is the most convoluted thing that has ever been written. The story... Uh, I love Joe Rowling, but this is fan fiction. This is some crazy-ass fan fiction that somebody wrote and Joe stamped her name on it. Otherwise, I'm worried about Joe's writing because this is crazy. And I'm pretty sure, I don't know if she collaborated with someone else, but this is the most insane thing I've ever read. It is definitely fan fiction. It, it centers around um, mostly Harry's son, Albus, 
who, when he goes to Hogwarts, is actually sorted into Slytherin. And that causes, you know, a little bit of tension with with his family. And he doesn't really feel like he fits in. But he becomes very good friends with um, Draco's son, Scorpius, who is a giant fucking nerd. Somehow, this child is a huge nerd and a big dork and likes books and all of this stuff. Um... And they meet a girl who is very cool and mysterious and wants, uh, wants them to help her out with some stuff that's going on. And they're like, well, she's really cool and mysterious and we're going to help her out. And this turns into time travel. Like they get a hold of a time turner, which they've said have all been destroyed at that point. So it doesn't even make sense that there's any left. Um, and it is like... It sort of goes Doctor Who-y, where they're time-traveling and changing the future and fucking up everybody's lives and then realizing that was bad and then going back in time again to fix it and keep messing it up. No, that's not Doctor Who. That's The Flash. <laughs> God damn it, Barry! <laughs> damn it, Barry! Um, and, and it is, like, the strangest thing. There's lots of, lots of stuff that doesn't make a lot of sense about it. Lots of characters that just sort of make you question everything but um the weirdest part about it is that harry doesn't really get along with albus that well and harry seems to resent albus and doesn't really like him that much and to me that is the most insane thing i've ever read well i Um, i realize that i have the memory of, of of a sieve and that everything just falls away as i get older and you know i'll probably forget my own name before we even finish recording uh, but I seem to recall at the end of the seventh book, uh, Albus specifically asking about what happens if I get sorted into Slytherin, and Harry going, oh no, it's okay, it doesn't matter what, what house you're sorted in, we'll love you anyway. Right, and for that, for that, you know, passionate moment of I love you no matter what, to turn into this sort of bitter resentment that, yeah, he's a Slytherin, so he might actually be bad deep down, because he never really got over it. And, um, he actually has a line at some point in time that says, sometimes I wish you weren't my son. And you're just like, oh my God, Harry Potter would never say that. Harry Potter didn't grow up knowing his parents and he yearned for them all the time and clung to parental figures for, for their affection because he didn't know any as a child. He would never say that to his own kid. That's insane. I'm calling it life model decoy. Oh my god, that that could explain it. Um, and for, for Draco to step in, and he's still sort of a douchebag, but he's like the better voice of reason than Harry, is sort of alarming in its in its writing and storytelling skills. It's it's just sort of a strange, strange story. It sounds like they got the characters like switched around on them. Quite quite a bit. Um, and that's not the worst part about it. And if you want the spoilers Keep listening. If you don't want the spoilers, stop listening for a minute here. Um, so the chick that they're helping out all of this time, that the, the, the lads are helping out, is the offspring of Voldemort and Bellatrix Lestrange. And that's well, a mental I... image that I <laughs> honestly could have lived without. I am... Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, her, her name didn't happen to be Raven Dark Talon Blood, and she didn't have ivory black hair that went down to her waist, did she? 
Ebony, darkness, whatever. <laughs> and if you don't know who Amy Lee is, get the fuck out of here. Right. No, two people you're... are going to get that joke. Only two, but those two people are laughing so hard right now. Ebony, darkness, raven way, something. It's so weird. Yeah. Anyway, so it's a little bit like that where you're just like, okay, I will never forgive them for putting that mental image in my head. There is no reason why I should ever have to picture that God, that's in like, my head. That's like that's like Norman Osborne and Gwen Stacy. Why? Right. Well, now so, I'm just sad. Oh my god. Um. Yeah. And and that particular character, I can't even think of her name because I've tried to burn her out of my memory. Um. And of course, she's a she's a manipulative villain character because you know. In a story about kids that aren't like their parents, here's the one who is. Um, oh, it's just uh, again, I can't get that image out of my head, and it's it's just. Ugh. There was a lot of stuff I did like about it, but mostly it it yeah, kind of it read like strange book. I think it would be interesting though to see it as a play because of the magic that's involved and. There's a couple of things that would involve very interesting visuals that I'd really like to see, but uh, otherwise I get the feeling a lot of fans were disappointed in it. I know a lot of people loved it and will be f- like me. I'm, I'm forgiving of Joe Rowling and I will love everything that she does no matter what, but it was a really goddamn strange thing that she wrote. She, she, she hurts us because she loves us. Uh, right. <laughs> but uh, so, 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 to make sure I've got all my cards right, so Rowling didn't actually write this. She just she did a Tom Clancy and just signed off it, but someone else actually put pen to paper on this? Um, let me verify. I feel like she was in the writing process for it. Like, she co-authored it with some peeps. Um, but I don't feel like she was the only author on it. Hold on. And, like, as she's looking that up, this kind of goes back to my point about me being concerned about expanding stuff out. Because the, the more you expand something out and the longer it sort of exists, uh, the more likelihood and mathematically things are just going to be weird and or bad. Um, you, you look, you know, like, just the history of comic books is right there for you, or history of movies in any shape or form in franchises. So, you know, we're, I wouldn't call this one bad because I haven't seen it. I don't know. I haven't read it. But it, it does sound really kind of weird. It, it was really weird. And it was written by J.K. Rowling, Jack Thorne, and John Tiffany. So she didn't write the original storyline for it. She just, I guess, contributed. She might have been, make, make sure this name is right here. Make sure this name's right there. You know, make sure. Maybe she was like continuity. Right. Which there was very little of in there, but that's okay. It's mad. <laughs> I didn't say she did a good job. I just said she might be there for that. Okay. All right. So now let's take a look at uh, the other big major uh, Harry Potter property uh, that came out uh, in the last year, and that's uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, uh, which was a complete departure uh, from the established setting and characters of the novels, uh, following a completely new set of uh, people who are thoroughly befuddled by the, the circumstances in which they have found themselves, and uh, they bring that sh- their, their shenanigans to New York. Uh, so, Kat, did you manage to see uh, Fantastic Beasts over the holiday? I sure did. Okay. Now, wasn't um, it like it's like 1920s New York, though? It, it is. It is a period set piece. It's I think it is the 20s because it's all flapper era kind of stuff, uh-huh. um, and it. 
it takes place in the era of Grindelwald. And if you haven't read or watched Harry Potter in a while, Grindelwald was the guy who had the, um, the Elder Wand for a long time. Um, he had, I believe, stolen it from, um, from John Hurt. He had stolen it from John Hurt. Um, what the hell is his character name? I'm totally brain farting. It, it, on, it on doesn't matter. He's, he's John Hurt. <laughs> Ollivander. Um, I guess. I seem to remember. But uh, Grindelwald had the Elder Wand and was pretty much the big bad in the Wizarding World for a very long time. Um, and he was also, in his youth, very good friends with Albus Dumbledore. So in in the setting of of a fantastic beast Grindelwald is on the loose he's doing a lot of bad things in Europe and that is the setup the actual story is about Newt Scamander who is the author of the book Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them which is a textbook that um is or maybe not a textbook but it is a book mentioned throughout the original Harry Potter books and he has come to America with his trunk, his his suitcase, full of all of these animals, creatures, magical creatures. And he has a particular huge, huge magical tree- creature that he is trying to set free in its native land in America. And it's basically this horrible mix-up where, oops, we switched briefcases and somebody else has all of my magical creatures and I have someone's... Shampoo. Um, uh, it was actually a, a suitcase full of, like, little cakes and pastries. Um. <laughs> Not the and worst mix-up in the because this, because this was pre-9-11, <laughs> when you could take baked goods onto an airplane. <laughs> um, he came by boat. Oh, well, okay. That, co- that, that completely ruins that joke. <laughs> <laughs> and, um... It was a, a switch up, not in like on the boat or anything. It it was a switch up with a, a person in a bank. Um, when Newt Newt has a little creature called a Niffler that keeps escaping and going and stealing stuff because it's a hoarding kind of magical creature that's super adorable, but it wants to hoard all of these like jewels and money and stuff. So it keeps escaping and it tried to rob a bank. Hilarious. Like you do. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is it, a stick it, up. Put the money in the sack of holding. <laughs> exactly. Um So it it started off, you know, very very charming and very cute. Um he while while all of this stuff is going on, um and he meets some characters who are from um Magusa, I think is what it's called, the the magical Makusa, the the Magical Congress of America, whatever it's called. I'm totally brain farting on all these things today. Um, and and because he is unlawfully transporting stuff, and he is unlawfully using magic in front of Muggles very discriminately, um, he like they try to arrest him basically, and that doesn't go so well for them. Meanwhile, um, there is another character, and the fuck is his name? Is this Colin Farrell? It's Colin Farrell. His name is Colin Farrell. And he is um, working with some kids, uh, specifically one whose name is Credence. I can actually remember his name. Um, who they're, He's trying to have these kids help him track down this particular um, unusual type of creature 
that it's really hard to explain, but basically he thinks that Credence's younger sister might not be human, and he's trying to get Credence to spy for him. Now, Colin Farrell's character is also part of the, the Magical Congress of America, um, and so he, you know, ends up butting heads with Newt when he meets him, and um, things are crazy. But um, it's it's very cute, very funny, and a little weird, a little dark at the end. But it it does it does capture the Harry Potter feel without feeling like it's totally just another Harry Potter film, because there's no Harry Potter in it. Obviously, we haven't seen any of these characters before, um, except for Grindelwald, obviously, once, and. Um, it's it's very it really the setting of it is really great, the the characters that they have introduced for it are fantastic, um, especially Colin Farrell's character. It's really really quite a pleasure to watch him just be kind of a douche all the time. He does play those very well, but it sucks. Cause I like <laughs> Colin Farrell. <laughs> he does play those characters well. <laughs> um, yeah, the the visuals of this, by the way, were stunning, because obviously with a, a a movie called Magic Beasts and Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, there are a lot of magical creatures in it. And the cool part, where all the visuals get really, really good, is that Newt's suitcase, can you can open it up and he can actually go down in it. And it's basically like the TARDIS, where it's bigger on the inside and he has whole landscapes for his creatures. So he's got like a whole desert in there for a desert creature and a whole jungle in there for jungle creatures and he's just got probably thousands of different creatures in there and they are a treasure to watch and the way that he interacts with them is great my my only real beef with the film other than the plot twist at the end is that the character of newt's commander is like a really shy version of the 11th doctor it really felt like they were trying to have the doctor in Harry Potter, which is not the worst thing ever. It's really, it's such uh, a light criticism. Let's see. Well, in- in- English gentleman has fantastic powers, uh, travels with box that's bigger on the inside. Uh, yeah, no, I'd say, yeah, that ticks all the boxes. Yeah, it's it's the way he carried himself and sometimes the way he would talk and get really excited about things. And it really felt like they wanted you know, Matt Smith's doctor to be there and it just wasn't, but I still really enjoyed the film quite a lot. So that's so, so you, so we have, so I like, we have the two sort of examples here. We've got this, the play in the script that expands on the end of the series. And we have this new, uh, series, uh, movie that's expanding on the universe, but in the past. So like, it's, it's kind of interesting to have two dynamics like that, uh, going on at the same time. I mean, I think it's, yeah, definitely Harry Potter can probably be expanded upon. I like the idea of them going kind of back into the past to do it. I know it's like prequel sense, but at the same time, that means you you don't constantly asking the question, well, where's Harry or where's Hermione and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. In this situation, like, oh, they're not born yet, so we don't have to worry about that. What, what's good is that what everybody really wants is a story with the Marauders, with... Um with James Potter and Sirius and Remus and Peter. People want that. But I don't think fans would actually ever be satisfied with films about that because 
fans have such a headcanon built up about what the Marauders were were like. And honestly, the Marauder story has already been told. Well, yeah, sure, it would be cool to see them as, you know, crazy teens going out doing stuff, but we already know how it ends. So it's it's really kind of interesting to have a story about Newt, because we don't really know anything about Newt, basically. Um, and the way that it is going to tie in with Grindelwald, and with Grindelwald will come a young Albus Dumbledore, and a whole host of other characters that we know a little bit about. Obviously, we know a lot about Dumbledore, but um, other characters that we might not have seen a lot in the films and have only alluded to in the books, I think we're going to get a lot more from them, and it should be really interesting with the the films that will follow Fantastic Beasts. I just don't know if the sequels that follow Fantastic Beasts are all going to be Fantastic Beasts movies, because I, I feel like they did build up a good set of characters, but the plot twist at the end of the movie is about Grindelwald, and I don't know how much the those particular characters newt and grindelwald can really intersect yeah from from what you tell me i don't see how the con how the the central premise of fantastic beasts has a whole lot of staying power right um i mean it would be really neat to see newt traveling around the world and discovering all kinds of creatures but i don't know how again how is that gonna be about grindelwald's the greatest threat ever I guess and, well, I have to wait and see at this point because they are going to... Well, they're going to at least go forward with the second movie. I don't know exactly if they're actually going to make it the movie five. We shall see. Okay. Um, right. So we're, we're kind of we're kind of running a bit out of time here, so let's, uh, let's go into the speculative mode. So here's a question I have. What is something that you would like to see uh, done? What is the story that you would like to see told in the Harry Potter universe? And uh, I tell you what I would love to see. I would love to see uh, a, a book or a film about Mad Eye Moody in the first war against Voldemort. Uh, I because oh my god, le- le- yes. Mad Eye Moody is like he's like Judge Dredd and Boba Fett and uh, every government conspiracy theorist ever rolled into one. He's the <laughs> most paranoid, badass son of a bitch in the whole original series, to my mind. I want to know what he did with the original Order of the Phoenix, and I want to see that, because I think that would be fucking awesome. I totally agree. I think the, uh, the, the, I think they call it the first Wizarding War, is the one where the Order of the Phoenix originated. Seeing the, the Marauders, but not like their childhoods, but seeing them in the first big fight against Voldemort, I think would be really really interesting i would love to see neville's parents i'd love to see all of these people in their heyday before really terrible things happened um but i think more than anything i'd like a story about minerva mcgonagall because if you've read the information about her on pottermore she is a very interesting woman who has a lot of a lot of good and a lot of tragedy in her life and it would be really like interesting but heartbreaking to watch so, yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I, I like the idea of just expanding out, I guess, the world a little bit more. Um, just because I, I would like, like a world tour of magic. Because we've only gotten you know pieces and parts of it. Now we've got the English. Now we have a little bit of what happened in America. But you never know. What's What about Asia? You know, things like that. I would like to see more of an expansion out to the whole world than just, you know, a couple of little countries. My, my only problem, my only, it's a tiny little problem, but they've, you know... Joe Rowling has, you know, listed names and stuff for other 
other wizarding schools throughout the world, and I can't get over the fact that she named the the wizarding school in Japan Maho Tokuro. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's it's literally magic place. It's not creative. It's. I didn't know. What it, I was like, where is she going with this? And then you said, I was like, oh shit. Well, one, <laughs> one. No, no. Like it's not creative at all. She literally must have just googled what is the word for magic and what is the word for place, and then threw them together as one word and decided to name a wizarding school that. And it's so not what would actually happen in Japan. It was just like, oh, it's it's kind of embarrassing is what it is. Like, I feel a little bit embarrassed that that's what she went with. So as someone who actually speaks Japanese, what would you have named it? Oh, Jesus God, I don't know. I wouldn't that's, a very that, in, that's a very interesting name for a school. Jesus God, I don't know. <laughs> I would like First to. Off, I'd like to see the curriculum for a, for a, a university called Jesus God. I don't know. The the name of any school in Japan would actually have the word school in it, but this doesn't. It would have you know, Gakuen or something in it. Um, something something Maho Gakuen would still be better than Maho Tokoro. Jesus, and it's such a mouthful. Like Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Is a mouthful, but at least it sounds kind of cool. Maho Tokoro is like, pfft, it's just, pfft. it's just there. But I would <laughs> actually like to know more about the other schools and what their houses are like besides just the American. And I'm hoping that because of Pottermore and the fact that they have, you know, sorting for the the um, Ilvermorny, Ilvermorny, fuck. <sighs> So brain farting today. Um, for the American school, they're sorting, and you can figure out which house you would be in um, for the American school. Hopefully they'll do that for the other schools, and you can figure out what house you'd be in at the school in Russia and the school in Japan. And I think there's supposed to be one in Brazil and a few more after that. In America, you cast spells with wand. But in Soviet Russia, wand cast spells with you. I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. That's I'll, I'll, that's awful. You should feel bad. I will. Yeah, and, I wish it cut. And that is you how, like, like, ser- like seriously, like, I mean, I'm that, a terrible joke artist, but Jesus Christ, that's not actually even funny. <laughs> All right, and I guess that's where we will end the show then. <laughs> Us right. just berating the host. Yep. <laughs> Like we do every week. So anyway, yeah, that would not be anything new. Yeah. So, but that's all the time that we have for Nerd of the Third Power this week. We've had a uh, we've had a lot of fun discussing uh, the the recent Harry Potter content and uh, looking forward to the future. So uh, thank you as always for tuning in. We will see you guys in a couple weeks. As always, I'm Doctor Gonzo. I'm the cat. And I'm Brian Wizard. Wow, you give me shit for a bad uh, a bad joke, and then you follow up with that. Okay, all right. We'll see you next week. Taka, play us out. <laughs>